You're listening to On Human Rights, a podcast where we sit down with experts within human rights and humanitarian law, talk about the latest issues and news. My name is Lena Kagan, and I am the communications officer from the Raoul Wallenberg Institute. And we will sit down today with Annika Bendavid. Annika Bendavid is Sweden's ambassador at large for human rights, democracy, and the rule of law at the Ministry for Foreign Affairs. She's a Swedish diplomat since 25 years and I work with peace, international security at the Ministry for Foreign Affairs and with human rights in Africa, in the Middle East and in Europe. The Ambassador for Human Rights represents Swedish policy in international organizations and in contact with other countries. Hi Annika, welcome to this podcast on human rights. It's very nice of you to sit down with us today and have a talk. Thank you, Linnea, for having me. Today we're going to talk about human rights, democracy, and COVID-19, of course. Maybe we should start with your background. How would you describe your work as the Swedish human rights ambassador, and why are human rights important to you? Well, uh, my work consists of being a tool or a resource for the entire Foreign Service when it comes to an area of work that is absolutely central to Swedish foreign policy, namely the protection and promotion of human rights, democracy, and the rule of law. It is um, a focus area that is mainstreamed through our entire foreign service, from the departments at home, the political leadership, and all our diplomatic missions around the world. So my work consists of being a strong voice for human rights for Sweden and to talk about what Sweden sees and does in terms of human rights, democracy and the rule of law around the world. Why did you choose this path of work? How did you become the uh, Swedish human rights ambassador? As I said, I think that human rights is mainstreamed throughout everything that we do in the Ministry for Foreign Affairs, so it's hard to to avoid it, in a sense, when you are a career diplomat. Myself, I studied in uh, Uppsala, in Lausanne and Geneva, and I worked with the United Nations High Commissioner on Refugees before I uh, joined the Ministry for Foreign Affairs. I've been a career diplomat for 25 years with four postings abroad. And I've worked extensively with human rights as a generalist in everything that I have done. And for four years now, I've held the specific function of ambassador for human rights, democracy and the rule of law, a function that is rather old. It was introduced in the 1980s in the Swedish Foreign Service. And I believe we were first in the world to appoint a human rights ambassador, which was, of course, an expression of the centrality of human rights in our foreign policy and an issue that cuts across the entire comprehensive foreign policy engagement from political dialogue, development cooperation, trade and and Sweden promotion. So it has been sort of a thread throughout my career at the foreign ministry so far. A very impressive resume within human rights. And as you mentioned, Sweden has a long history with working with human rights, as you said before. 
And in 2019, the Swedish government launched a new focus area called Drive for Democracy. The background of this initiative is a growing concern about threats to democracy. So what is the background of this initiative? What is your role with Drive for Democracy? And what does it aim to achieve and how? Well, I think I should start by saying that uh, human rights is not only central to our foreign policy, but our foreign policy in itself is actually based on, on values and principles, and the foundation is international law. And this is a, a strong foreign policy asset, I would say. We believe in a rules-based international order with multilateral cooperation at its core. And what we are seeing now around the world, a global trend that permeates developments on all continents, is that democracy is actually in decline. Democracy is eroding. International idea that Sweden is chairing this year talks about modern democratic backsliding. Human rights are coming more and more into question and are challenged. And the principles of the rule of law are undermined. So around the world, we see a general tendency of authoritarian leaders that are gaining ground, democratic principles being threatened, the respect for rights to freedom of expression, assembly, association are on the decline. We see how democratic institutions are being weakened and the democratic space, not least for civil society, including human rights defenders, is, is shrinking. So we believe that today democracy and its principles and its defenders need to be actively protected. So this is why uh, in 2019, the prime minister launched uh, this foreign policy initiative, Drive for Democracy, in the statement of government policy. And this is an endeavor that mobilizes our entire foreign service all the departments at home and uh, all our embassies and missions around the world, trying to start a conversation, a global conversation around the merits of democracy. You just mentioned that you want to start a global conversation about democracy. And the term democracy can be quite broad. So how would you describe a functioning democracy and what components of democracy guides the work for the initiative? I think the basic premise of the drive for democracy is that democracy is the best foundation for a sustainable society. Research shows that a democratic, inclusive and equal society provides opportunities for everyone to achieve their full potential and to participate in the development of society in a way that other systems of government are unable to do. We also believe that, we are convinced rather, that in a strong democracy, equality and everyone's enjoyment of human rights tend to be strong. This is what research also proves. And that the opposite is, is true in non-democratic societies or in societies where democracy is weak. So a strong Democracy creates stability and security, it creates growth, and it creates economic prosperity. So if I can elaborate further, what we are focusing on are democratic processes, the importance of political 
parties and pluralism for democracy. We focus on the fight against corruption and strengthening the principles of the rule of law. We focus on socioeconomic equality as a, a prerequisite for a democratic development. We focus on human rights in the world of work, uh, which also touches upon equality, social dialogue, and uh, decent working conditions. Human rights defenders and the role of civil society, absolutely key. Also, freedom of association and freedom of expression and media freedom, and as well, the enjoyment of human rights for LGBTI persons. Those are the main focus areas that uh, uh, form uh, the drive for democracy. You see, there are a lot of components to have a functioning democracy, of course. Do you think one of these that you just mentioned are more crucial for a successful democracy? Well, I think that um, all these focus areas are very worthy in themselves, and there are even more things that could could be addressed. But this, these are the, uh, the, the the key priorities that we have identified. What we aim to do is to provide support and sustenance wherever democracy can grow, but also express criticism when democracy is is eroded. Um, I think I would say that the matters of youth, youth agency, the possibilities for youth to play a role in democratic processes is particularly important for us. Civil society and human rights defenders, academic freedom, freedom for artists, journalists, very important, but also accountability, uh, citizens' possibilities to hold their leaders to account and also the, the importance of political parties, pluralism, and, and strong, independent, and transparent institutions, if I should have to mention a few. That's very interesting. And also, maybe that leads us into one of the other questions. You mentioned uh, youth, it's very important. How can these individuals stand up for democracy in their own country, where the civic space is shrinking? Well, I think that um, there are a number of tools in our diplomatic toolbox. One is political dialogue, and that's what I engage in, talking to representatives of other states about societal solutions that we have achieved in Sweden or that we wish to to discuss with others, trying to influence uh, developments in other places. Another one is, of course, development cooperation. And within... Within the framework of our development cooperation engagement, we wish to support and stimulate and strengthen the role of youth by working with youth and for youth and trying to protect the space that youth and civil society, including human rights defenders, can play. By Sometimes it can amount to simply providing a sense of being seen and heard strengthening the voices that otherwise risk not being listened to or being silenced, to speak up for those who have difficulty being heard, helping organizations abroad, securing their space, access to funding, registration, etc., providing uh, security training or other emergency measures for human rights defenders at risk, but also 
general diplomatic support through our missions abroad, being there, being on the ground, keeping in close contact with civil society organizations and youth that can often be ears on the ground and help us provide us with information that reinforces our analysis of what's going on in the country. Initiative Drive for Democracy is quite new still, it's from 2019, but can you say, have you already seen any developments uh, with countries you've been working with? The Drive for Democracy involves the entire Foreign Service and all our missions abroad are active and mobilized in this effort. They are, as I said, working to create a debate and a discussion in the countries where they are on the merits of democracy. And one particular tool that uh, they are working with is a concept we call democracy talks. These um, uh, are necessarily held in a virtual format now, but uh, until the pandemic struck, it's conversations that can be intimate and discreet if uh, the circumstances require it, or they can be huge public affairs with hundreds of participants. And they can be exchanges and discussions around themes that are uh, central in that particular country, a certain thematic, or they can have a geographic focus. So many, many foreign missions of Sweden around the world have engaged in this type of, of activity and uh, with great result and many spin-offs. What we are... Uh, hoping to do is to um, have a culmination in an international democracy talk in Sweden where we will gather representatives from the democracy talks that have taken place organized by our missions abroad all over the world and we hope to hold this next year. Another thing uh, that we have, have created is a new partnership that was launched by the foreign minister Anne Linde only two weeks ago it's a new trans-regional partnership that we call Friends in Defense of Democracy. And this is a sort of friend group that gathers six countries that represent one part of the world each, countries that are democracies that are committed to deepening and further entrenching their own democracy, and that are also interested in fostering and strengthening democracy internationally. So within that grouping, we will work as an alliance to defend uh, democratic principles everywhere. We're also working in a Nordic format. I recently hosted a meeting with ministers for foreign affairs and development cooperation from the Nordic countries, together with representatives from uh, the international human rights system and civil society. The Foreign Minister and the Minister for Development Cooperation have held a series of five democracy talks, one can say, during the corona pandemic with a focus on what happens to human rights, democracy and the rule of law uh, in light of the pandemic. It has been a particular focus for us during the past six months and the Minister for Trade has, has held a, a similar activity. That leads me into uh, how the fight against COVID-19 has affected the global efforts to defend human rights and promote democracy. Uh, you already mentioned that um, your meetings or your conversations has moved to um, a digital level instead. And of course, 
it gets more difficult to promote human rights. What are the main differences from after COVID-19 and pre-COVID-19 with the work human rights and democracy? I would say that um, the drive for democracy that the Swedish Ministry for Foreign Affairs is waging has gained in relevance under the corona pandemic because we see that um, the pandemic has accelerated the global trends of democratic backsliding and weakening respect for human rights that I described earlier. It, it is intensifying inequalities that exist already and it hits hardest on those who are already marginalized or subject to discrimination or, or living in, in, in poverty. What we fear is that disproportional response measures of governments to the pandemic may have repercussions, serious and far-reaching repercussions for human rights and democratic principles. And we are, we are concerned that some governments are taking or have taken advantage of the pandemic. They've used the pandemic as a pretext or an excuse for violating human rights or shrinking the democratic space even further and redrawing the global playing field. So we have wished to seize the opportunity and contribute to the global conversation around the pandemic accelerating a democracy crisis by strengthening our outreach during the pandemic uh, with the limitations that entails of course a positive thing i would say under the pandemic is that it's much easier to gather key interlocutors and leading human rights um, personalities around a screen rather than having them meet in a room also uh, the meeting i was referring to before by uh, minister for foreign affairs linda and um, and uh, her Nordic colleagues. We had an audience, it was an open meeting with uh, more than 600 participants listening in, which was a positive experience for us, um, as this normally would have been a meeting uh, that would have been difficult to organize in, in, in the open, gathering the same type of, 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 of participants. So we think that now during the pandemic, we must mobilize internationally. We think that the pandemic is a human crisis that is fast becoming a human rights crisis. We think it's absolutely crucial to ensure transparency and access to reliable information. Another perspective that is absolutely critical for Sweden is to ensure a gender transformative perspective in the global response, because we know that the pandemic is linked to increased levels of sexual and gender-based violence and harmful practices. And we know that the pandemic hits harder on, on girls and women. And finally, I think that one matter that we need to remain very vigilant of is to make sure that the international standards when it comes to human rights, democracy and the rule of law, that those standards and principles don't slip that when we come out of the pandemic, they haven't changed. Uh, any action to fight uh, COVID-19 cannot undermine international law, democracy or democratic 
institutions. And that's why it's so important now to mobilize internationally, to protect and to strengthen the multilateral system and, and the rules-based global order that I was talking to before. And this is a time for international solidarity and cooperation. There have been some positive impact, of course, with uh, maybe it's better to have these online meetings instead for climate change. It's more sustainable, but it can be more inclusive also with inviting people that have access to internet, of course. But then you also mentioned human rights issues that are increasing right now with COVID-19. You mentioned sexual violence, inequalities, women are more at risk at home, and also increasing poverty. And I also want to ask you, because it's always easy to look uh, in foreign countries, but if we take a look at Sweden as country, would you say that you can see any human rights issues that have been increasing right now in Sweden during the pandemic? And how do you think we should address those? A very big question. Yes. No, thank you, Linnea. It's a, it's, a, it's a very good question. And my, my area of operation is, of course, foreign policy. So um, I'm not as um, apt in, in analyzing or talking about the Swedish context. But I would say that one issue that stands out is perhaps the level of, um, of gender-based violence and domestic violence that has increased in Sweden, just, just as it has Uh, around the world during the pandemic where people spend more time at home and this is uh, extremely concerning. Also, I think the burden that the pandemic places on on healthcare systems, that has also played out in Sweden and we know that many uh, women work in in healthcare, therefore it becomes a sector that is, is, is vulnerable. But so I would say that uh, there are similarities between the situation in Sweden and, and in other places. Then, of course, one has to remember that states have the right to make limitations, restrictions to human rights, such as the freedom of association, freedom of, of, of gathering, for example, physically, during a pandemic. Um, that, that, that is okay under the premise that you do it it has to be time-bound and proportional, uh, and it mustn't be discriminatory. So it needs to be in line with international law. But of course, there is a balance to be struck between public safety and, and human rights. All of this has been very interesting, uh, and we are looking forward to see the development of a Drive for Democracy, especially during the pandemic. Last but not least, I would like to ask you a more personal question. I would like to ask you which human rights issue is closest to your heart? Thank you. Uh, Before I answer that quick tricky question, I'd just like to to say that within the framework of the Drive for Democracy, we we are not only campaigning and advocating democracy and democratic principles, human rights and the rule of law. We have also scaled up and strengthened our support to human rights defenders. We have increased our support to um, the United Nations Office of the High Commissioner for Human Rights. Sweden is now the top donor in the world to that uh, prime body 
when it comes to upholding human rights in the world. We have just last week, um, the government has adopted a new development cooperation strategy uh, for the global promotion and protection of human rights, democracy and the rule of law. And we have also given a new assignment to CEDA, the Swedish International Development Cooperation Agency, to, to investigate how they can strengthen the focus on democracy in, in development cooperation. So we are scaling up our efforts on a broad range of issues. Now, <laughs> to, your, to your question, what particular human right um, makes my heart tick stronger? I'd say it's, it's absolutely impossible to say. I, I feel very privileged working full time with human rights because it's a very existential matter. To be a diplomat is fantastic in any case because you work with issues that are existential in a way that involve countries coming along, working together to meet common uh, global challenges, trying to sort things out and create a better world together. Um, the challenges are enormous, but I think that there is huge dignity in, and worthiness to work with everyone's living conditions. To work with human rights is to strive for everyone being able to live in dignity and in freedom everywhere and all the time. It just makes you ever more conscient about the privilege of living as a, as a woman in, in a country like Sweden. So um, I think that would be my answer to your question. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, we're looking forward to seeing more of your work in the future. Thank you very much. This was On Human Rights by the Ruhl Wallenberg Institute of Human Rights and Humanitarian Law. We talked with Annika Ben-David and my name is Lena Kigel. You can follow the Institute on social media and visit our website to read more about our work with human rights. You can also sign up to our newsletter to receive the latest news from human rights experts. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day.